Welcome to this episode of We Work Europe, where we will once again go to Denmark. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we recommend you start with the previous episode, where we talked about the Danish trade union, Kriefer, and its reinvention as a full-service centre for support and well-being in the workplace. This chapter will be about the scientific findings on well-being in the workplace, about which Kriefer has been collecting an enormous amount of data for quite some years. We Work Europe The podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions It's a Tuesday morning. About 25 people are sitting in a modern, white-painted room at Kriefer's head office on the outskirts of the Danish city of Aarhus. The room has huge windows, some tables bearing sweets and coffee, and tables for groups. Two men are sipping hot drinks. In in my working life, I have uh, seen... Uh, how management, um, if it's good, how it can in, influence on, on people and, and uh, how they behave. Uh, and and um, I've also seen a lot of um, places where, where there were no leadership uh, and there was a lot of uh, people who, who just came uh, to the job for the money and nothing else uh, with the head under their arms so to speak um, and so so I have experienced that a lot there is no happiness and uh, then I saw this uh, uh, introduction to this course and I thought hmm maybe I can get some tools to how I can get my colleagues happy again um, not that I'm going to make a miracle, but if I could figure out what is the problem. Is it because we have too much to do, too few hands, uh, need more employments? Um, or is it uh, the leadership, uh, how their organization is working? This is Bo and Carsten. Carsten works as a consultant in a construction company and Bo works as a plumber. Both are taking part in Kriefer's three-month job satisfaction programme. And although they don't share the same profession, they face similar problems. Mostly, it's about the communication within a company, or the problems that arise with leadership. So, they've decided to join Kriefer's education programme. Today's session is about the consistency of leadership within a company – and about different models of how to reach what Kriefer believes to be good leadership. Although Carsten and Bo are not leaders within their firms, they want to make an impact on the well-being within their companies, or even change their own profession and position. You might think that Carsten's boss didn't like the idea of him attending this course, or might even have felt threatened in his position, but that wasn't the case. I was rather surprised, because... Um... I saw it on my personal computer at home and uh, I mailed him the advertising and told him I would like to join this course. And next morning 
That's okay. Okay, what? I have no issues about it. The idea of training up people to act as multiplicators of job satisfaction is the basic principle behind the job satisfaction program, says Nikolai Scott. He's in charge of the learning department at Griefer. Our idea is that we can help our members, but if we help our members to help other people as well, then we're going to accelerate the the agenda that uh, that uh, that we are trying to promote and at to a much larger degree because we. We have somewhere between 190,000 and 200,000 members here in Khalifa, but there's a lot more people working in Denmark, and we want to try and reach everybody. We want to try and help everybody who has had a job in Denmark to thrive at work. So when Khalifa designs its courses for job satisfaction, keeping up with the latest science and research is mandatory, says Nikolai. We try to set a pretty high standard. Uh, we do that by, as a company, investing in gaining knowledge. So we have a knowledge center that works with constantly being uh, being on uh, on par with what are the new discussions, what are the new developments in work well-being. And they develop a, a bunch of material that we use in our own courses as well. But that's not enough because a lot of other organizations, a lot of universities, a lot of uh, think tanks are working on, you know, what what is the latest research in this area. And so for my teachers and for myself as well we need to stay on par with what's going on that means reading literature that means listening to podcasts that means going to conferences on work well-being and all the time trying to keep up on uh, on what is uh, the latest development in this area and there's a lot of stuff going on it's a, it's a huge area so you know you can you can spend a lot of time researching but we try to do that as much as possible and then implement it in our uh, in our courses and in our uh, educational material as well therefore griefer established a new research team in 2015 focused only on well-being in this department many people concentrate on doing professional research together with external partners on how to measure and evaluate well-being at work hella stenbro is one of them and after having gathered lots of data, the scientist and her team have discovered the following aspect as the most important in order to feel satisfied at work. The fact that you find uh, what you're doing meaningful uh, either to uh, yourself or uh, for a higher purpose, a society purpose, or towards uh, other people that you are in contact with uh, during your work day, that you actually make a difference. That is what meaningfulness is about. But doing something meaningful is not the only thing that allows people to thrive at work. In total, there are seven key categories the Griefer research team has discovered. Among them is mastering, which means that you feel you have mastered your job and can overcome the daily challenges it brings. And then there's good leadership, which is also crucial for well-being at work. After that, it's about balance, which includes work-life balance, but it's also about balancing the tasks you get at work in relation to what you can really accomplish. The other key points are about the influence you have at work, your achievements and the colleagues you're working with. Each year, Heller's team conducts a review of the study and, if necessary, changes the criteria. And in 2020, when corona hit, the circumstances of working lives changed dramatically within a very short period.
we actually thought that when uh, during the corona in insecurity, uh, people would uh, have more um, need of uh, security and uh, wages and stuff like that. But even though uh, all these things were, were uncertain and felt uncertain, we still uh, came out with the seven factors that we have uh, developed from uh, yeah, uh, 2015 and, and, and for on. So it seems that these factors that pivot around meaningful activity are universal. But of course, no matter how much meaning your job has, it won't help if you can't make a living from it. I know that also other research studies um, uh, prove the same uh, or points in the same direction at least that uh, that wages are of course important because they have a it's, it's, it is the fundament of people's life that they actually uh, make money uh, to exist but uh, but if they are reasonably satisfied with their with their wages and if they compared to uh, the people they, they used to compare themselves to, find that they have a, a just uh, wage uh, level, uh, then it actually does not uh, um, increase the job satisfaction uh, further. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they feel that it is uh, unfair, they are paid unfair for their job, then it will have a drastically um, negative effect on the job satisfaction. It's mostly about fairness when it comes to wages. That's easy to say in a country which has one of the most highly developed social systems in the world and is one of the most egalitarian societies. In other countries, well-being at work is more about getting through the day or providing enough money for a decent living. Of course, uh, we are not uh, neglecting that but uh, that said, I would also say that, that um, these psychological factors of what is driving people, what is uh, actually uh, making them want to get up in the morning and do a good job, uh, that is a more uh, common human. Um, and, and, and it is not necessarily um, depending on, 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 on those things we talked about earlier. Well-being is not only about the individual – it also affects society. In the Danish case, Kriefer found that improving job satisfaction could equate to a 6.4 billion euro increase in economic potential. It is the employees who have the most to gain. Better job satisfaction would in the long run lead to better wages due to greatly increased productivity. Of course, companies would also benefit from this newly released economic potential because higher productivity leads to higher profitability. And that's not so hard to imagine. If you like your work, you're better at it and far more productive. The welfare state would also thrive, according to the findings. Firstly, because people who like their profession work longer, so there's a trend towards later retirement. And secondly, People who feel satisfied with their work take far fewer sick days. Therefore, there's a reduction in health costs for the wider society. And of course, the final test of whether Kriefer's programmes really lead to more job satisfaction and therefore better productivity is whether the participants in their training schemes can go back and implement all of that in their companies. And Carsten, one of the participants you heard at the beginning of this episode, has a way to paraphrase that. Yeah, I have learned uh, a lot about the organization and how things are 
are supposed to be built up. But again, I think it's like taking a driving license. You get the license and afterwards you have to learn how to drive. So now we get some tools, we get some um, things to work with. And when we come back, we have to learn how to use it. If you're interested in Kriefer's work, just check their homepage at www.kriefer.dk. Also, we'd love to have your feedback, which you can send to isa at isa.org. Maybe you have your own experiences with job satisfaction or otherwise. If you would like to look more closely at the studies, you can find links to them in the show notes. And that's about it for our trip to Denmark for today. In the next episode, we'll talk about something that affects the whole of the EU, namely the minimum wage. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp, and is a production of Escucha, Audio Identity. This podcast is funded by the European Union.